Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with James Masterson about persistent post-concussive symptoms, signs, and treatment. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. I also want to invite you to save the date for March 16th for my virtual Brain Injury Awareness Day event. You can register and get more information at facesoftbi.com slash event. And you can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And I also don't want you to forget, please join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is James Masterson, and he is the Director of Sports Medicine and the Concussion Center at Excella Health in Greenberg, Pennsylvania. They have an extremely busy concussion program, seeing local high school and collegiate athletes, as well as community members injured in motor vehicle accidents, slips and falls, work-related incidents, and the the like. While his initial interest was in sports concussions, he has grown increasingly fond of seeing the adult population with ongoing persistent post-concussive symptoms. This group of patients is so misunderstood and need appropriate medical evaluation, treatment, and compassion. He has a team of athletic trainers, physical therapists, vestibular therapists, speech therapists, vision therapists, counselors, neurochiropractors, EMDR therapists, yoga meditation instructors, and many more working together to improve outcomes, understanding, and general well-being for these individuals. Over the past several years, they have started a well-attended support group for the post-concussive patients and their significant others, as well as a private Facebook page. Additionally, they have nearly completed the process of starting a nonprofit organization, the Westmoreland County Concussion Awareness Group. The ultimate goal is to improve the understanding of this invisible injury and increase available resources to promote neuroplasticity and healing. So welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here today, Jim. 
Hey, it's an honor to be here, Amy. I appreciate the uh, invitation for sure. So, uh, you know, we're trying to take some some steps in our community to uh, improve things for those that are uh, suffering with persistent post-concussive symptoms. But uh, you really took a running jump into it. And, you know, I appreciate all you do to really help uh, people from all over the, the country. I think it's pretty pretty cool. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, so, Jim, I would love to start by asking you to give our listeners a little bit of background of how you ended up working in the TBI world. Yeah, so um, I uh, was board certified in family practice, and I, I did that for several years, but my interest has always been in, in sports medicine. So, uh, over the past 20-some years, the emphasis has really been on sports medicine, and I've been treating concussion for about 20 years now. Uh, and initially, my interest was, you know, primarily in, in uh, sports-related concussion. Um, and, and it's kind of a different approach than it is to uh, some of the other, you know, concussive injuries and the longer-lasting things and the persistent post-concussive uh, symptoms. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of break those things and sometimes they end up come to, coming together but in sports concussion uh, you know what we typically do is we uh, talk to the patients and, and talk to the uh, parents about what a concussion is and, and it's an incomplete uh, description of it you know we talk about the uh, neurons and, and we tell our athletes and their parents that uh, no matter how tough you are and no matter how good of an athlete you are no matter how smart you are your brain still has a consistency somewhere between soft margarine and jellos. So when you have an injury, the brain moves a little bit. It doesn't bounce back and forth against the skull like it shows on the internet at some places, but there's that subtle movement and that subtle movement is enough to uh, stretch the axons and stretch those hundred billion neurons and the thousand trillion connections that they make. Uh, and when you get that stretch, it's kind of a three part thing. You know, it's that, uh, initial actual mechanical physical stretch injury. Uh, it is neuroinflammation, uh, and it's a chemical change that happens. The potassium and calcium change place, and, uh, you know, neurotransmitters are activated. And so to get that part of it better, which the brain has to do, uh, because that particular composition is toxic to the neurons, your brain has to use its own energy. So the brain's in, in a little bit of an energy crisis, and if you're re-injured during that period of time, it can be a real disaster. So uh, through, through saying that, we can, you know, usually convince the, the athletes that, hey, we've got to avoid this injury on top of injury and, uh, you know, make sure you're better before you get back. And in the long run, that'll get you back quicker and have you stay back. But, you know, that whole chemical thing uh, gets better relatively quickly. And yet we see people that are, you know, uh, several months out, uh, a year out, several years out, uh, who are still working on the recovery. And, and so that kind of uh, piqued my interest a bit and, you know, why, why is that happening? And, and I think there's a whole lot of reasons for that. Uh, there's a true, you know, physiologic reason where we know that neuroinflammation can persist for years after an injury. And we know that uh, microglial, so I, I said that there's 100 billion neurons. Well, there's about 10 times as many cells that support those 100 billion neurons. And those are your glial cells, and there's different types of glial cells. But uh, those cells are, are hyperactivated for years as well. So so there is a physical uh, reason for it. And then beyond that, there's, uh, you know, the visual system can be involved, the vestibular system, the autonomic nervous system is affected. 
So I started seeing patients for other reasons, you know, patients who had uh, motor vehicle accidents and, and uh, slip and fall injuries and work-related injuries. And, man, these people were, you know, three months out and really struggling and, and you know, a, a year out and struggling. And, and the, the issue is it's invisible. So they weren't being understood at the workplace and, and even by family members and uh, spouses. And, and it was really a, a, a struggle. Um, and, and that really, uh, you know, kind of was, was something that, that – uh, caught my interest and, you know, person after person was saying, boy, I just wish that, you know, people would understand what I'm, what I'm going through and, and that there was more out there to help. So after a period of time, that that's when we, you know, developed the, uh, the support group and, you know, it, it, it's not me. We have a, just a fantastic group. I have a great staff. Uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of really good uh, people in the community working on uh, concussion management but you know, we so we started a support group. I went to the first uh, meeting, and they were all people that I that I knew. And you know, we sat around the table, and I think there was like yeah, between fifteen and twenty people there. Uh, and the first thing we asked was just, hey, let's go around and introduce each other, and 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 tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, well, that took the whole hour and a half. And and you know, one of the most moving things that I've ever done, that I've ever been involved with. Uh, just hearing so much more than what I had heard in the office about the struggles that the, the people had had, you know, the, the IME evaluations that told them that they were perfectly fine and they should be back at work. And, uh, and, and then I know, you know, from the, from the testing and from talking to the people that that's not the case. So really an area of need it grown to be a, a real area of interest uh, for me. And we're trying to expand on that and, and, and do, you know, more in our community to help. Yeah, you know, and you just touched on something about how as a doctor in your office, you know, you're only getting maybe a half hour with a patient tops and you can only scratch the surface. And I think I think that's one of the biggest problems in the concussion world is, you know, doctors are quick to dismiss. First of all, um, oh, this can't possibly still be from your concussion. That was six months ago. Well, that's actually the definition of post-concussive syndrome, right? That, that symptoms are lingering longer than a few weeks or months. Um, but then, you know, that whole, you just, you, you can't make any breakthroughs in a 20-minute office visit. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's where people are really just slipping through the cracks and, um, you know, how, how do we combat that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There's no question there's people, uh, you know, slipping through the cracks. And, and uh, so, you know, how do you combat it? I think with the things that you're doing, the, the awareness uh, things that you're doing, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done is that there's no real formal, uh, you know, training and uh concussion that you do this and you're a certified uh, concussion manager and you know that doesn't exist uh so what you really have to do is if you want to be good at what you do is you have to go out and get as much information as you can you know part of that is going to the conferences uh, i've been fortunate enough to be at every one of the american academy of neurology concussion conferences since its inception and have read uh you know every book i get my hand on on concussion but more importantly uh it is going to uh people in the community, uh, you know, so uh, it, it's not like a, a competition. It should be everybody who does this work together. You know, we have a couple of neurologists who are awesome. Uh, we have just some uh, 
tremendous uh, vestibular therapists, speech therapists, our athletic trainers are all trained in concussion, uh, yoga meditation people. Uh, there's a, a gentleman who does cranial movement therapy. Uh, you know, it used to be if we were done with vestibular therapy, we, we really didn't know what to do if somebody wasn't that Yeah. Up. And then who knew it, but right in our town, we have, you know, I think one of the best vision therapists in the country. And, uh, you know, I go to the, the uh, national conferences and we talk about the results we get. Uh, p- people are amazed. So we have a couple of attorneys who really understand it. It have been helpful for so many of our patients. So it's kind of getting the community involved. Uh, I've had a couple of, uh, I would say former patients, but not formal patients. And there's that misconception again, because the, the people that are, are working on, on, you know, getting a nonprofit started and that the one in particular has put so much uh, work into it. It's unbelievable. And, and when you read the documents, it looks like they were done, you know, by an attorney and, and yet it was all done by somebody who like yourself has the motivation to help other people that are, that are going through it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking how much time it would take, uh, you know, to do this. And, and it's probably taken twice as much time as I think, because, you know, even though you don't see it, that they're also struggling, uh, trying to recover from the, the injury uh, on their own. So it, it, it's a big issue, but I, I definitely think there's help out there. I, I undoubtedly believe in, in neuroplasticity. Um, so I think it's, you know, continuing to do the right things to promote brain recovery in the right way. Uh, and, and I know there's help. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want to go back earlier um, in your introduction, you talked about, you know, you've been in the concussion world for 20 years. Um, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen over the 20 years? I mean, I know just in the six years I've been in this world, um, you yeah. know, I feel like awareness has definitely grown. Um, but I'm just curious from a provider who's been doing this for 20 yeah. years, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? So uh, no question awareness has grown. Uh, we've got a much bigger uh, network uh, in the community of, of people that are, you know, dedicated, dedicated to helping these uh, patients, uh, you know, including our vestibular therapists have come a long ways. Uh, our, we now have a group of neurologists who are really interested in, in uh, following along with us, uh, you know, some of the persistent post-concussive patients who need that that assistance, people with uh, chronic, you know, headaches and such. Uh, uh, yoga, meditation. Meditation is one of the few things that universally is, is shown to uh, help persistent post-concussive uh, symptoms. Probably the biggest change overall has been activation. I was never a fan of cocoon therapy where you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of go yeah. sit in a dark room. Yep. And so we never really did that. Um, but now with the work of Dr. John Letty out of University of Buffalo, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, some really good evidence that, that uh, early exertion does uh, benefit people. So for our athletes, that's tough sometimes because it's differentiating early exertion from higher risk activities. We still don't want that injury on top of injury. But you definitely want to activate, uh, you know, people earlier on uh, and get better results. And, and there's pretty good evidence to that. Probably the number one change, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, we're we're getting a better understanding of how to treat it. You know, like you said, we don't cocoon anymore. Um, And even for me, six years ago, I was told no activity for at least two weeks, sit in a dark room, no TV, no books, no music, nothing. Um, And, 
you know, I mean, there, there is a definitely the fine line. You don't want to overexert where you flare your symptoms up, but you do, you need to get back to some activity. Right. And, you know, I just question, I, you know, I was two and a half years into my recovery before I got any significant help. And I just, you know, you're, your hindsight's 2020, right? And, you know, what would it have been like if I'd have found the right help six months in, sure. right? Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's where we still are lacking in the traditional healthcare system, um, getting people the right help soon enough. And, you know, no disrespect to your traditional general practice. I mean, who do you normally go to first? You probably go to your general GP. And they probably don't know much about concussion, right? Um, And they might not even know who to send you to. And generally, you're probably sent to the neurologist. And neurologists actually don't know a lot about concussion either, right? Like their their job is working with MS and Alzheimer's and, um, you know, those types of diseases. And, And so we get stuck in this circle of seeing doctors who don't know what to do with us. Um, you know, so how would you explain to somebody listening who is stuck in that circle, how would you help them understand how to get the right help sooner? Yeah, so that that, that is very uh, it's a difficult question for sure. And, and as you mentioned, uh, there is some good evidence that getting help earlier really does make a difference and it does uh, promote earlier recovery. So I, you know, that is a big deal. Um, and, you know, I wish I had a great answer. We're, we're really trying to do it in the community by starting a nonprofit and raising awareness. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, again, I read the reports from the independent medical examiners and, and they were, you know, typically there's a timeline on it. Like, you know, it's been six months and certainly any concussive symptoms would have, would have resolved by that. Uh, I think it's just kind of not given up, you know, knowing that there really yeah. is help out there, that our brains do change every day, that neuroplasticity is real, and, and uh, you know, don't give up on it. You can continue to get better. You know, one of my issues with the uh, accept the new you, uh, because I think that that's true to an extent, and, and, and I think that's okay, uh, but I think you should accept the new you, but never be totally satisfied with the new you. You know, there's always that ability still to uh, improve uh, and to, you know, make gains. Uh, and that goes forever. And really, I guess that goes whether you're suffering with persistent post-concussive symptoms or not. But, uh, you know, we always encourage people not to give up on that neuroplasticity to really continue to live the lifestyle that promotes brain uh, recovery. And uh, I think there are some good uh, treatments out there that, that, that really persist. We're fortunate here, and you're totally right about neurologists. Uh, so outside of the group, uh, you know, again, the American Academy of Neurology does have a concussion meeting once a year. It's actually the only uh, topic dedicated condition that they have a meeting for uh, yearly, you know, with all the things like MS and stroke and everything out there. Uh, uh, it's really the one. But fortunately, we have, we have a good relationship with the uh, with the two uh with two of our neurologists here who, who do a fantastic job. Uh, you know, we work in concert with, uh, with a whole bunch of uh, mutual patients. So that, that, that's that been a good thing. Uh, and just mm-hmm. the sound after our hospital yeah. system too. Yeah. I, I mean, was just going to so say, you know, when you have, time. when you have a neurologist mm-hmm. that, 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 that is willing to refer and knows who to refer to, you know, that's a huge first step. Um, 
you know, unfortunately I got stuck in the cycle of come back in six months and we'll yeah. see where oh, you're yeah. at. And Oh, there's nothing we could do for you. Um, yeah, it's a terrible but, cycle. You missed all the important yeah. times. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I, you know, my big piece of advice is bring someone with you. I wish I had, you know, I live alone. My, my parents are older and they live a ways away from me. And it's like, I had no one to take with me to my appointments. And in hindsight, I wish I had taken a friend because I feel like maybe they could have stepped in and been like, no, this isn't okay. Right. Like, right. Because I could walk, I could talk, I looked fine. You know, Um, I feel like I maybe wasn't taken as seriously, which, you know, I know is a huge problem for a lot of people as well. And that, that leads me to my next question of, you know, there's, there's so many people that are told, you know, I don't think this is from your concussion. I think you're just depressed. I, you know, I think this is just mental health or whatever their answer is. Um, You know, they're, we're often told, oh, this can't possibly still be from your concussion. Um, What, what is your advice? Like, so what is reality here? Right? Like, what yep. what are the symptoms that probably are still from your concussion? You know, what, what advice do you have for that? Yeah, so, you know, again, one of the ongoing issues, uh, we know that 10 to 15% of people will have ongoing uh, symptoms, uh, you know, headaches being number one, but the emotional component of it is so big. Uh, the visual and vestibular components, the dysautonomia, you know, the autonomic nervous system, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, I know you know it well, I read your uh, dysautonomia uh, uh, brain health magazine issues, so you have a whole thing dedicated to it. But but that's a big issue. The uh, you know the the lightheadedness, the dizziness. Uh, so that part of stuff, uh, we get some help from our therapists, our functional neurologists, just a lifestyle exertion therapy, which uh, our vestibular therapists now are very good at doing exertion therapy, and all that stuff can be beneficial. But then the other stuff that I see that that, that really tears me a bit is is. Uh, you know, I have a group of, of young people going back to, to the other group of people that we see who, you know, maybe were injured when they were when they were 12 or, or, or you mm-hmm. know, between that 8 to 12 area when all the the uh, pruning is going on in the brain. You know, the, the, the yeah. common uh, thought is that, you know, during that period of time, our brain, brains are just getting bigger, bigger, more complex when the reality is that, you know, we lose about 40% of our synaptic connections. We, we maintain what we use and we lose what we don't. And that pruning and strengthening happens in the uh, you know, temporal lobes and in, in the limbic system and the area that says, hey, this would be fun to do, uh, you know, before it happens in the prefrontal cortex, which kind of puts a check on that and says, hey, there's consequences that come with that. So I do think that some of our, you know, quote, bad kids are, are kids that were just injured at an unfortunate time. And, you know, you, you can't prove that, but you have somebody who has such a good track record and all of a sudden they're getting trouble in school and their, and their grades are yeah. dropped. And uh, so I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is, you know, one of the things that we see when we get the full neuropsych testing uh, done is uh, uh, I have no doubt that there is such a thing as a as an acquired attention deficit where, you know, we do see a lot of people who need treated on that front too, you know, so it's, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, we have a lot more tools than we did, uh, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, uh, but there's a long ways to go yet. And, and particularly it, it is in that uh, awareness and, and uh, you know, getting 
getting the word out and uh, and working together and you know having the community kind of kind of work to you know to get together to help the people that are going through this. Mm-hmm. And you know you hit on something I think is really important too about these kids who have had concussions and may or may not know it. Um, and they start falling behind in school, their mood changes, their grades slip, and, you know, they get written off as having a learning disability or ADD. And the reality is that they've had a brain injury and no one's caught it. Um, So I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle. If we can catch, you know, if we can train teachers and school counselors and and whomever, how to dig down, like, Hey, did you fall off your bike this summer? Were you in a car accident? You know, like ask those questions to try and get down to it. Cause if you ask a kid, did you hit your head? They're like, Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. every yeah. kid hits yeah. their head. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that that's a huge key in um, treating, you know, like these kids, if they're 12 and they don't find out they had a brain injury until they're 30. Right. Like, just think Absolutely. of the different life they could add. So different. We had a, a kid who was, uh, uh, it just it sticks with me. He was 11 years old who uh, played football for the, for his first year. And, and again, I'm, I do sports medicine. I think sports are so beneficial for our kids. But this particular kid, great parents, uh, had a headache after every game. And, and they kind of thought it was, you know, wearing his helmet. Uh, very bright kid uh, who, you know, I didn't see him until the end of the season because, no longer was he wearing a helmet, but he continued to have headaches. And, uh, you mm. know, kids actually never been back to mainstream school. You know, it's just, he went from a very bright kid to a kid who has uh, chronic ongoing issues. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so there, there's some tough kids. And, and, you know, so what's the answer to that? Uh, and, and, and I don't know for sure, but maybe, uh, because, you know, we know in certain sports, uh, that, you know, it's not really, concussion maybe but it's the accumulation of subconcussive yeah. blows that's yeah. a big thrust at boston university yep. you know, lee goldstein yep. and the work he's done so uh so maybe you almost need to do periodic checks you know whether it's every fourth month or you know do a brief uh, uh you know have a brief setup with a counselor a few times a year and just you know talk to the kids maybe do a quick screen and and see if there's any mental health issues developing or any cognitive issues developing uh so maybe that would help Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And what an interesting story about your football kid and the parents just thought it was from the helmet, which, you know, I can kind of get that like helmets are tight. I can get where the kid right. thinks it's just from his helmet. Um, but yeah, when you're having that constantly after every game, it's like, hmm, maybe we should reevaluate this. Well, yeah. yeah. So just yeah, even simple course, education yeah. like that. Right. Absolutely. Could go a long ways. Yeah. Well, Jim, we're almost out of time. Uh, 30 minutes always seems to fly by like 10. Um, And I would love to wrap up by asking, you know, what are your final thoughts for our listeners, your parting words of wisdom? You know, what what advice do you have for listeners um, or parents that are listening? Yeah, so thank you so much for having the opportunity to speak with you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, So I guess the final word would be, uh, you know, make sure you get in somewhere where uh, you have a provider that uh, understands what you're going through that actually takes Mm -hmm. the time and and listens to you. Uh, uh, You know, I'm I'm fortunate to have a great office staff and two 
uh, compassionate, knowledgeable uh, physician assistants, but make sure you find somebody who, who really is listening to you. Uh, and then don't give up on it. So, you know, I, I have some patients who, you know, boy, I'm at the point now where I can get through my work day and then I can rest up and I'm ready to go to next work day. And, and you know, what a horrible life that is, you know. So uh, we, we tell people that don't be satisfied with, with I can get through now. You know, really work right. to get back to where you can live a happy, happy life. It may not be exactly where you were before the injury, but you've got to get to the point where you're, you know, enjoying your life. And, and I would say don't give up and, and, until you're there. Keep working. Neuroplasticity is real. The brain can continue to improve. Uh, and, and I think that would be the message. Yeah. Yeah. And with the right treatment, I feel we really can get back to a quality of life. Um, you know, I had given up on that. I had just assumed, oh, well, okay, this is the best it's going to be. This sucks. You know, like I couldn't even yeah. make it through a day. Um, yeah. And, you know, but yeah. I had just resolved to the fact, okay, there's nothing they can do for me. All right. Um, and now yeah. I know that's absolutely not true. And there are definitely, if you're not getting the answers, if you're just being told, give it more time, um, if they're telling you there's nothing they can do for you, that that's their truth, right? So move on to yeah. someone that can help you. Um, yeah, great Absolutely. advice. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, thank you so much, Jim. This has been wonderful, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. And if anyone wants to find you, um, your Facebook page is Excella Health. Yeah, so there's two ways. Uh, we have at uh, www.facebook.com uh, backslash Excella Health, and then they can use Messenger for questions. Or alternatively, can just uh, you know contact me directly. It's J Masterson at ExcellaHealth.org. That's E X C E L A Health.org. Uh, people are very welcome. We have. Uh, uh, some uh, people in our support group who are so good at uh, at updating and, and putting some of the latest information. A lot of it's from you, Amy. Uh, you know, but welcome to join uh-huh. our Facebook page. It's a it's a private uh, it's a private group, but it's private for people that are uh, working to uh, you know treat uh, people suffering with persistent post concussive symptoms or those who are who are working with persistent, you know, living with persistent post-concussive symptoms. So if you go onto Facebook and search the Westmoreland County Concussion Support Group, I uh, would love to have people join. Um, like I said, Amy, I reached out to you initially, but uh, love to hear you talk in our, in our neighborhood here sometime. Thank you so much absolutely. for all you do. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. And I do have a link to um, Excella Health's Facebook page in the show notes. So anyone listening can definitely click on that. And just again, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me talk. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder, um, in the show notes, you can click through to their Facebook page. And another big thank you to our third Integrated Brain Centers. You can get your free consultation online at integratedbraincenters.com.
And you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes or Spotify, or you can go directly to facesoftbi.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also be sure to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being a part of my journey. I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day, everyone.